Hello, friend. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. This is Pastor Pitts Evans. On this podcast, we read and discuss one chapter of God's Word per episode. Let's go now to the Bible and see what the Lord has for us today. 2 Timothy chapter 4 In the presence of God and of Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of His appearing and His kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the Word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn aside their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you, keep your head in all situations. Endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. Discharge all of the duties of your ministry. For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time for my departure is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. Do your best to come to me quickly. For Demas, because he loved this world, has deserted me and gone on to Thessalonica. Crescens has gone to Galatia, and Titus to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you, because he is helpful to me in my ministry. I sent Tychicus to Ephesus. When you come, bring the cloak that I left with Carpus at Troas, and my scrolls, especially the parchments. Alexander the metalworker did me a great deal of harm. The Lord will repay him for what he has done. You too should be on your guard against him, because he strongly opposed our message. At my first defense, no one came to my support, but everyone deserted me. May it not be held against them. But the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength, so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all of the Gentiles might hear it and I was delivered from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. Greet Priscilla and Aquila and the household of Onesiphorus. Erastus stayed in Corneth, and I left Trophimus sick in Miletus. Do your best to get here before winter. Ebulus greets you, as do Pudens, Linus, Claudia, and all the brothers and sisters. The Lord be with your spirit. Grace be with you all. Now, in reverse order, I want to just mention something Paul just said. He said, I left Trophimus sick in Miletus. This is in verse 20. Now, think about this, friends. I often pray for sick people. I know that many people listening um, have sicknesses. Perhaps you've been prayed for. You sometimes hear people say, that if someone really has faith, they absolutely, positively will get healed. The prayer of faith will heal the person, and there's no exceptions, uh, no exclusions, no explanation necessary. If faith is involved, you will get healed. Well, there's a problem with that, because here's the great apostle Paul, who says, I left Trophimus sick in Miletus. Now, anybody who thinks that Paul 
uh, was an apostle of Christ, which I do and most do, anybody uh, that thinks that Paul was anointed by God to serve him, I do and most people do, anybody that believes those things would have to believe that Paul was anointed to pray for the sick. And yet he prayed for this Trophimus, and Trophimus remained sick. Now, I'm not trying to make excuses for anyone, but I am stating a fact. Not every sick person who gets prayed for gets healed. It even happened in Paul's ministry. That does not negate the duty and responsibility and pleasure that we have in praying for the sick. I love to pray for the sick. I love to see the sick get healed. And God, the great physician, the Lord Jesus Christ, is more than able to heal you. But there are times when people remain sick. Here in the life of Paul, we see that his friend Trophimus remained sick, and Paul felt no reason to explain it. In other words, we're not trying to build a theology on healing or a lack of healing on this one verse, but you need to take note of it, friends. If Paul prayed for his friend, and we have to assume he did, and he stayed sick, well, then that can happen to us sometimes as well. As I said, happy to pray for the sick. I've seen many get healed, but sometimes people stay sick. Now, back to verse 1. Paul writes, In the presence of God and of Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing in kingdom, I give you this charge. Now, that's expression, I give you this charge. Remember, we first started talking about First and Second Timothy and the book of Titus as well. I mentioned these are called pastoral letters or pastoral epistles. Well, contained within the text here, I give you this charge, this expression, I charge you or I give you this charge, has been handed down in church tradition for 2,000 years as a ministerial charge. And so this wording, I charge you or I give you this charge, is common in most ordination services. I've been involved in many services for other people being ordained and, of course, my own service when I was ordained, and that expression was used, I give you this charge. What did Paul charge the young ministry Timothy with? He said, preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season. That means be always ready to share the hope you have in Christ. Be always prepared to explain what it is you believe and why. He goes on to say, I give you this charge, correct, rebuke, and encourage. How? With great patience and careful instruction. And so this is a a real firm foundation for a pastoral charge or a a ministry charge for someone who's being ordained for full-time gospel ministry. Paul writes, for the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you keep your head in all situations, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, and discharge all the duties of your ministry. You can see how this is um, appropriate wording for someone being ordained in full-time service for the Lord. Endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, discharge all of the duties of your ministry. And so Paul gives this, this clear instruction to young Timothy, and by extension, to all ministers in all generations, all pastors, prophets, evangelists, teachers, priests, etc. We all have these same admonitions coming down from the Scriptures to um, uh, discharge the duties of our ministry before God appropriately, just as Paul did. Now, if indeed this Second Timothy is the last letter that Paul wrote, then Second Timothy chapter 4, which we just read, is the last words uh, that Paul recorded in print that we still have. And so starting in verse 6, he points to the fact that he's at the end of his life. He says, 
For I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time for my departure is near. Now, he's not talking about time for him to leave the city of Rome. He's talking about time for his departure from planet Earth. Interesting wording. I'm being poured out like a drink offering. His life is a, a sacrifice, one continual sacrifice to the Lord. You know, your, uh, your body is a holy sacrifice before the living God. Paul was an example of that. His life was not his own. It was being used for the glory of God. And then he reminisces a little bit. And his reminiscing is fascinating to me in the assurance that he has that he's done right since he came to know the Lord. Listen to this now. The words of Paul from verse 7. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. Now that's fantastic, friends, that Paul is going to get that crown of righteousness, that the Lord is going to award him. And of course, it's already happened. Paul's already in the presence of the Lord. But he says more than that. He says, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. Is that you today, my friends? Are you finishing the race that the Lord has put before you? Are you fighting the good fight that he's called you to fight? Have you kept the faith once delivered to you from faithful men and women as they preach the gospel? Have you done all that you can before the righteous God, the righteous judge, to do what you know to do to discharge the duties of your life and your calling? And most of all, Are you anxious for the Lord to appear? In other words, if he were to come right now and take your life, would you be prepared to give an account of your life? Would you be satisfied like Paul was and be able to say, Lord, I've fought the good fight. I've finished the race. I've kept the faith. Friends, if that's not a place that you're able to speak from today, you need to get right with God. Today is the day to get your life in order. But Paul was still full of faith. He says, at my first defense, no one came to support me. Everyone deserted me. But may it not be held against them. I love that. It's, it's almost like Jesus saying from the cross, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. In verse 17, Paul writes, But the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength, so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed, and all of the Gentiles might hear it. And I was delivered from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. Now, Paul is still full of faith, even though he's facing uh, his execution. He said that the Lord will still bring him safely to his heavenly kingdom. And indeed, he did. He writes, to the Lord be glory forever and ever. And then verse 22, the Lord be with your spirit. Grace be with you all. And so the great lion of God, Paul the apostle, finishes his letter with a blessing. The Lord be with your spirit and grace be with you all. And I I say, likewise, may the Lord be with your spirit and grace be with you all. But let's look once again at the life of Paul. He started out as a very zealous Jewish man in opposition to the, the gospel of Jesus Christ. On the way to Damascus to persecute Christians, he had an experience with the Lord Jesus Christ. He appeared to him in a vision. He was struck down off of his horse. He was struck blind and ultimately came to a saving knowledge of the fact that Jesus is the Son of God and the Messiah of Israel and the Messiah of all mankind. And then Paul, for some 30 years plus, faithfully served the same Jesus who he had opposed once he came to the saving knowledge that he was indeed the Savior and Messiah. 
So Paul lived his life recklessly abandoned for the service of Jesus Christ. And I pray we would do likewise. Lord, may Paul's example ever be before us of a man who lived his life wide open for Jesus Christ. He, As he said, his life was poured out as a drink offering. May our lives be poured out as a drink offering. When the time for our departure is near, Lord, may we be able to say, I've fought the good fight. I've finished the race. I've kept the faith. May those be our words as well. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Whole Word. It was brought to you by Whole Word Fellowship and the Northern Virginia House of Prayer. If you were encouraged, please share our podcast with your friends. We'd also appreciate it if you'd hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app and take a few moments to write a review. If you'd like more information on our church and our ministry, you can go to wholeword.net or wholewordpodcast.com for more information. Thank you again, and may the Lord Jesus bless you today and always.